1: Uh, If you've heard me speak before, you'll know i like you to help me to make your life easier. And you're going to start us off because obviously I know you from before. So what are some of the benefits of running service accommodation from a pure tax point of view?
0: Capital allowances. Veto isn't it? It is
1: veto, yes. Capital allowances. Okay. So we'll call that CA. Anybody else want to volunteer? Unless I picked on somebody and that's, I think, going to be Mark, because I recognize Mark, but we've got a willing volunteer here. And your name is my friend? Uh, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Uh, avoiding section 24. We'll put that to section 24. You're making my life really easy, by the way. Section 24. Any more for any more? Somebody this side? If not Mark, I'm going to have to pick on you, but I think I better not. Anybody this this table here? Any benefits of uh, Tom, so? Tom's hat. Is that a benefit? <laughs> okay. Tom's.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the answer was Tom's, right? Yep, Tom's. Any others? Sure. We are Vita, by the way. That table there. This table here. See, Kevin usually I bring gifts, and when I do that, everybody wants to give me an answer. But I'm getting old now, so I kind of forgot. So, Kira, next time, you remind me. That table there, Mark, you must have at least one. No pressure.
0: <laughs>
1: Take your time. Uh, sideways lost We'll call that SLR.
0: So the answer: sideways loss relief.
1: Lost yep, sideways loss relief. SLR. Surely you can give me something. Did, did you say pensions? that was good he says pensions pensions good one I knew you had one in you I knew it so about this table that table over there do you want to have a guess? generally speaking when people start a service accommodation business if it's husband and wife what kind of a structure do you think they're going to have? partnership you're right they're going to have a partnership if they have a partnership they can share the income 50-50 yep or they can share it based on however they want to, is that about right? Okay, so they can split their income how they like. So we'll call that split income. So that's done, that's done. Craig helped us there, this friend helped us there, Mark was there, so we need this table over here, and Mark, you can help Mark if you like.
0: But we've got... What about taxable allowances, that you can claim um, allowances against uh, beds and things that you've actually put into the property?
1: Yep, we've, I think we've covered that under capital allowances, but you can give us another one. In fact, we've had our friend over here, haven't we? So that's done, this is done, that's done, that's, everybody's contributed, haven't they? But if you've got one, go for it.
0: No tenants?
1: No tenants? That's a benefit, is it? <laughs> Less taxing. <No> <laughs> Less taxing? Good. Okay, so. Who said capital allowances? Okay, veto. Flow's all yours, my friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was the whole point. Oh, <laughs> yeah, is there anything particular you want to share about capital allowances?
0: All I know is that if you do service accommodation, um, you have a surveyor that can go and for a landlord, can go and see the property and see what he can claim for the plant and machinery on the property, set it with capital allowances against income on that business.
1: Okay, and for, for everybody in the room who doesn't fully understand what that means, what's the benefit to a taxpayer? So as a taxpayer, um, if he, rather than saying if he has £50,000 or the capital analysis, he does not have to pay any tax, um that's when he makes £50,000. Okay. So that's that's a big benefit, isn't it? Super. Cool. Okay. So you buy a property and how much did you buy it for, my friend? Uh, £100,000. A million pounds. Thank you very much. They bought it for a million pounds. Okay. And... uh We send in somebody, like Vito says, a surveyor, and they say, in terms of fixtures, fittings, plant machinery, equipment, you've got 20%, okay? And it doesn't work by percentages, by the way, but I'm keeping it really easy. They say 20% of the stuff in the property qualifies for capital allowances, so you've got £200,000. You then carry out further work to the property to get it fit for purpose, and how much more money do we spend on the property to get it fit for purpose? 25% of of a million pounds, okay, so 250 grand. And does that all qualify for capital allowances? Yes, good, so how much do we have in terms of capital allowances in total now? 450, 450 good, are you an accountant by any chance? You sound like one, here you go, that's a compliment by the way, 450 grand. Okay, so you have got 450 grand worth of capital allowances. You start the business in your first year. Sorry, Kevin, I'm gonna be really hard work for you because I'm gonna make you run around. Uh, I think your idea was better, but forgive me. So, you start the business and in your first year, back over on that table, how much profit have you made in your first year? Anybody apart from Craig? Take your time, this is a really hard question. You've gotta give me a number. Follow what, what this table did. Just make up a number. Our friend in the white shirt. You lost track.
0: Half a million. Busy laughing at your jokes.
1: Ten percent. Hundred thousand. Ten percent. Hundred thousand. Okay. So, you, so we made hundred thousand pounds profit. We're moving now. Okay. And to keep it really simple, we're going to start off by saying this uh, property and this business is purchased in a limited company. So, if a company makes hundred thousand pounds profit, that table over there how much tax are they gonna pay on 100 grand? Are you sure? We haven't got there yet, (laughs) step by step. So at 100,000 pounds, how much tax is payable? 19%, okay, so 19,000 pounds tax is payable. But of course, you've got your capital allowances and you're gonna use them against your profits. So you've got two options. You can either use up the entire 450,000 pounds as the rules currently stand, and if that happens, what happens to your profit? It's not a trick question by the way, simple math. So you've got 100 grand profit, you've got 450 grand in capital allowances, at the moment you can claim them in one go under your annual investment allowance, So I'll cover that a little later, but if you use up the entire 450 grand against a 100 grand profit, what figure goes here? 350. 350. As a profit or as a loss? It's a profit. I'm glad you know you're not doing my account, by the way. Uh, it's gonna be a loss, isn't it? Because 100 grand minus 450 gives you minus 350, yeah? And that's called a taxable loss. So you, you would carry that forward into the next year. Everybody with me so far, yeah? So next year, how much profit have we made? 200 grand, okay. So next year two, Forgive the flip chart, Bob. It'll just be 200 grand profit. And how much tax are you going to pay on 200 grand profit? Why? You got 350, so you're going to take off 200 grand from 350. Carry forward 150. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Now let's look at the numbers in terms of money in the bank account. So in your bank account, you had 100 grand. Okay? You paid no tax whatsoever because you claimed tax allowances. If you take money out from the company, how much can you take out tax free if you have no other income? $12,000. 500 Okay. So that's called your personal allowance and any income above that is taxable. And how do shareholders normally in a closed company, in a small company, take money out from a limited company apart from their salary? Dividends. Dividends. So, your first two thousand is tax-free. If you've got no no the dividends, then you're paying seven and a half percent, and then you're paying thirty-two and a half percent, so on and so forth. Yep. Yeah? So, money in the bank, you paid no tax. You take this income out, and you're going to pay a fair chunk of tax. So we're just going to make up this number. It's not accurate. It's not correct. Let's take, let's assume you take out eighty thousand pounds and uh, let's just assume you pay £20,000 tax. Are you going to be happy with that? No. How do you think we can make it better? Thank you, Mark. Okay. So, uh, we've, so now we're going to do the same scenario with an LLP. So you've got a 100 grand profit, you write off your capital allowances, so no tax to pay. That £100,000, if you take it out personally, apart from Mark, how much tax do you think you're going to pay, Vito? You know the answer. I know you know the answer. Yeah. Through yeah. a company or LLP, limited liability partnership, is what Mark said. You can pay 40 grand. So Mark, so Vito says you're going to pay 40 grand because he thinks it's 40% tax. Anybody apart from Mark and Vito, who agrees with Mark? No, sorry. Who uh, who agrees with Vito? Raise your hands. So Vito, you've only got one person who believes in you. The rest don't. Sorry? That's the daughter. I have to (laughs) agree. You've got at least one friend in the room, by the way. And who disagrees with Vito? About three or four. All the others, by the way, Vito, are sitting on the fence. Okay? Where I come from, we call them liberal Democrats, by the way. Okay? Um, So you're going to pay no tax whatsoever, simply because in a limited liability partnership, with a limited company, a company is a separate separate legal entity, as is a limited liability partnership, but one major difference is that in a limited company, when you take money out, you've got to pay income tax on the salary or the dividend. In an LLP, the tax is payable by the partners, which we call members, however, because you've claimed capital allowances, and there's no tax to pay, therefore, that £100,000 can be taken out by you at any point in that year, without you paying any tax. Is that good or is that good? Good. Okay. So, can you see the big advantage of possibly having an LLP compared to a limited company if you're claiming capital allowances? Now think about it, we had four hundred fifty pounds here, and then we, we carried forward three fifty. pounds To, 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 to this page here. If you don't use the, the 450, and you only use 100 grand, you've got 350 to carry forward into the next year. Depending on the type of uh, item it is, you can claim t- different rates of capital allowances. We're going to keep it really simple, and say it's in your general pool, and you claim 18%. So in year two, depending on how much profit you've made, on 350, you can claim 18% of that, against that year's profit. So we're not gonna figure out what 18% of 350 is, just keep it simple, yeah? So the way you can claim all your capital allowances up to the limit in that particular year, so you create a taxable loss going forward, which means you claim all your capital allowances in the next year like we did over here, somewhere over here, somewhere over here, over here, do you remember? Yeah, we said we created a taxable loss Next year you make 200 grand profit, you use that loss against that, so you pay no tax. If you don't use the capital allowances in, in that year, apart from the 100 grand, then going forward, you only claim 18%. So if your profit is more than that 18%, you'll have to pay some tax. Everybody with me so far or no? Yes, kind of, good. Now, the other benefit for you is as you're building up your capital allowances, if you buy more and more and more property, so. You start with 450, you've used up 100 grand. Second year, you buy a second property and you've got some more capital allowances. Let's call it 200 grand. Year three, 150 grand. Can you see how you're building up your capital allowances to a much bigger figure? Okay, X. And then if you're claiming 18%, that number soon starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So the more property you buy, the more capital allowances you have the more you can claim over a number of years, that means for the next five, 10, 15 years, depending on how many properties you've bought and what you can claim in terms of capital allowances, you may never pay any tax whatsoever. Everybody with me so far? Yeah. Cool. Any questions on capital allowances? No? We're making progress. Okay, Section 24. Was that you, Craig? Yeah. Go on there, my friend, spill the beans. Tell us everything you know about Section 24. I'll
0: check, okay. Um, so if you... If you haven't purchased or you don't own the property in a limited company and you own it
1: in your own name, um, since Section 24 came in, yep. you can no longer offset your mortgage against your income, we have let's, let's break there. Yep. So you cannot offset your
0: mortgage against your income? Is that the whole lot or some
1: of it? Okay, The entire interest or some of it?
0: Done. Don't know. <laughs> Mind playing.
1: Some of it. Uh, so if you become a higher rate taxpayer, you don't get 40% tax relief, you only get 20%. So you claim half of it. So you lose some of the tax uh, in terms of what you've got to pay HMRC, yeah? So you can carry on. Um, so, yeah, so we have
0: service accommodation. Um if it's your property, you would get a fluctuating income. If you are operating the property as service accommodation yep. for the landlord, we would create a fluctuating income for them um, to show they have a vested interest in the performance of the property and then they can offset their mortgage interest or some of their mortgage interest against their
1: income. So if if they qualify for service accommodation or for a furnished all day let, you're saying that they can. More than mortgage interest. Good, you're right. So that's section twenty-four in a nutshell. Anybody have any questions on that? No? Craig, you've done a good job. You're good. So and Kevin, we're making progress here, my friend. Done that, done that. We'll come to Tom Tom's because that might take longer. SLR, who was SLR? Was that you, Mark?
0: Go for it. When you, if you've not exhausted your capital allowances or any other tax advantages, when you come to sell the property, you can uh, transfer those to another property. So, take them sideways.
1: Okay, so we've got two things we're talking about here. We're talking about service accommodation, and we're talking about furnished holiday lets. Anybody apart from Mark, but to tell me the difference between this and this at the back, and your name is Claire. Hi Claire, yeah. it's just you and me in the room, by the way. Everybody else is asleep by now. That's the impact I have when I talk about tax, by the way. So, so service
0: accommodation, you provide
1: extra services. Okay, give us some examples. Uh, dry cleaning, extra cleaning, mm-hmm. So, before dry, just called dry clean, uh, other cleaning. Anything else? Groceries, yep. Breakfast. Yeah, Yep. I don't know no, no. yep. So so now for the benefit of anybody who perhaps still doesn't understand the difference between this and this, what does this business look like, Claire, compared to this? This looks this looks more like what? A hotel. A hotel or a bread and breakfast, yeah. So the more you can make your business look like this, the better it is for you for tax reasons and for the uh, uh, benefit that uh, Mark shared, which is if you make a loss, you can then use that sideways against other income. If it's furnished holiday let, uh, and does anybody want to share with me how an FHL works apart from Claire? No, Mark, I think it's gonna be you and me, my friend. Um, Let's have a go, go on then. I can't remember the
0: exact details, but the number of days it needs to be available to rent.
1: Have a guess. You're right. Two hundred and ten. Carry on.
0: Yeah.
1: And obviously it needs to be furnished. Yep. And how much? How many days does it have to be actually let out for? So it has to be available for commercial letting to the public for two hundred and ten days. One hundred and five. Yep. See, you're good. I knew you're good. But now you proved it to everybody else. Anything else? There's one other rule.
0: But I would stay
1: for longer than thirty days. Yep, and which? yeah, no, he's right. He's right. He's getting there. I
0: would say longer than thirty
1: days. Amounting to how many over a, a year? One hundred and twenty. One hundred and fifty-five. Okay. So if you meet this criteria here, you're a furniture holiday let. So let's run through that again. So you buy a property in Cornwall, for example, and you make it available for letting to the general public for 210 days. So that's to stop you living in the property yourself and claiming all the tax benefits uh, by not having a proper furniture already let. That's why we've got that rule there. It has to be actually let out on commercial rates for 105 days. And if the property is let out to individuals for more than 30 days, i.e. 31 days, to one person, and you do that for five people over the year, which gives you 155, then you don't qualify for furniture Holiday lets. So you just gotta make sure you meet these rules, okay? And then there's something called averaging and period of grace, which we're not gonna go into today, which helps you to, to maybe, if you don't meet the rules one year, you can use the, those rules to uh, m- meet the criteria. But that's uh, a side note. So you get side, sideways, Loss relief against other income. So let's say you've made a taxable loss like we did earlier and you're saying, I don't want to carry the 350 forward, shares because I've, I've, I've made a loss, but I've, I've, I'm paying tax on some other business where I've made 200 grand profit. You can use that 350 loss against the 200 grand if you're here. If you're here, you can't use that loss. You've got to carry it forward. Yep. So that's a big advantage.
0: Benefit, people listening, if you're on that side of service combination, you can...
1: Yeah, if you're over here and you're doing this, this stuff here or some of this stuff here, you can uh, side with Loss Relief, FHL, you can't. Everybody happy with that or any questions on that? No? Perfect.
0: Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple.